Ciao ragazzi and benvenuti to the 24th episode of In the Shadow of Vesuvio. My name is Henry Bell and I am broadcasting from the west coast of Scotland during a spectacular sunset and a frosty, frosty patch of weather here. But in the shadow of Vesuvio is my co-host Michele Borelli at Napoli Tickets on Twitter. Michele, how are you? How is Napoli? Yo. Hello, Henry. Hello, everyone. It's been a while, no? It's been, what, like two weeks? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah everything fine here. It's frosty as well. I mean, probably not, not as cold as Scotland. It's going to be, I think right now it's about 15 degrees. Oh, like come on. Yeah, man. It's freezing. It's free. <laughs> it's no, no it's here. It's zero. Zero degree. Yeah, well, I'm actually going to Paris in two days and it's going to be zero degrees there too so i'm not Paris. mentally yeah just random yeah Benigale. just a random trip just a random trip you know that in paris they actually have in psg stadium they have a stadium stand with my name the mechanic actually, actually well not not quite as complete as that but they have a borelli borrell tribune uh, which is obviously my honor i mean it's yeah, I mean, one day the Stadio Diego Armando Maradona, all four stands will be named after you, I'm sure. Yeah, the Get Napoli Stadium. Yes. But I just want one cubicle of a toilet named after me one day. That's all I ask for. If they ever it? redo them. Yeah. Uh, more on that later. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it's been a while. There's a World Cup on, as some people might have noticed. And so there isn't Serie A action. But we have a very full sack of listeners' questions. Um, Father Christmas himself, if you believe in such things, um, would struggle to carry a sack of this proportions. So we're going to be mostly going through those questions today. But before we do, uh, what is number 24 in the Napoli Tombola, Michele? Oh, number 24 is a juicy one. Number 24 is Le Guardie, e Guardie in Neapolitan which is a very common way. So basically in English, it would be the guards, right? But it's a common way in Napoli to say the police. So if you see the police, you wouldn't say, oh, here's the police. In Napoli, you would say a guardia, the guards. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's quite appropriate for, for this week, no? What do you think? Well, we can't go any further without talking about our dear friends in Turin. Uh, of of Juventus, who, as many of you may be aware, have gotten to a spot of bother, which is very out of character for them, isn't it, Michele, as a, as a football club? They've been such an upstanding moral force of good in, in world football for so long. And so, I mean, me, like many people around the world, were, were hugely shocked to see some of these allegations. What has the reaction been like in Naples to the news of Juventus's uh, financial misdealings and the resignation of the entire board and Mr. Agnelli? Yes, absolutely shocked. It shocked everyone, but there is a first time for every every team, you know, like <laughs> they couldn't be they couldn't be, you know, that clean all the time. It's, so today is their turn. And no, no, but jokes aside, you know, it's like I think we kind of feel vindicated, all of us. 
you know, it's still early. I'm not that confident that they are, that actually something is going to come out of it. But it's, you know, uh, I'm reading about it every day because it, that, like ev- the people who know what's going on agree that it's very serious. Mm. So lawyers, you know, uh, magistrates, you know, people working in the judicial system, they actually, everyone, like when they give interviews, they are all saying the same thing. This is actually worse than you imagine. And it's hard to imagine worse than what it's, you know, people are talking about right now because there's already talk of, you know, relegating them to Serie B, uh, banning them from, you know, just giving them like 10, 15 points of um, penalty for this, for this yeah. uh, league, for this year, for this season. And people who actually know what's going on are claiming that it's actually worse. So, you know, fingers crossed, but it's, it's actually a quite a complicated issue because it's a lot of people. So basically what I've seen, even among Napoli fans is, well, not in Napoli, let's say, but it's like on Twitter and people from other countries will support Napoli. They've, they've split into two factions. So the majority are saying, you know, like finally they caught them, you know, you know, Juventus and stuff like that. And mm. there's another Juve faction, Juve Merda, yes. And there's another faction, which is the faction of the people saying, ah, this is not good. This is not going to be good for the league, you know. And they are quite worried about what's going to happen to Juventus, which is, I mean, I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe that. I don't know how to, I, I don't know. It's the most bizarre take ever. That, that in some, So in this version of reality, we should let Juventus do whatever the hell they like uh, because it's somehow good for the league. Like if you think about, and actually they were at the center of turning down a major TV deal because of the European Super League, weren't they? I think there was like an 80, was it 800 million offer for TV rights about 18 months ago that Agnelli was at the center of saying no to because of his plans for the European Super League. So the fact is, in my humble opinion, Michele, it's not the idea that Juventus is good for the league. Juventus is bad for the league. Juventus is bad for Serie A. And Yeli is at the center of this immensely divisive notion of the European Super League. And Calciopoli created a laughing stock of, of Serie A. People still don't really take sometimes things seriously when Juventus won nine titles in a row. People were still asking questions and stuff. So they've been a stain on the league. So I'm very much not in that camp myself. How about you? No. No, man. no, but it doesn't make any sense, you know, because even if like if they're cheating, then you want them caught, because if you don't want them caught, then what are we doing here? I mean, what are we what's the point of supporting Napoli in a league that is not fair? Like we're just like we're just supporting Napoli for the sake of it. I mean, we're just like wasting time here. I mean, I want Napoli to I don't want Napoli. Man, Napoli doesn't must win. It's not like Juventus, you know, like their motto winning is all that counts, which is showing right now mm-hmm. but you know like at least i want nobody to compete and there is no competing if there are no if there is no fairness right so yes i do agree that the consequences for seria as a whole are gonna be devastating but it's i mean it's not the police fault they're not the ones cheating i mean blame juventus don't blame the ones the ones uh catching them in the act but, but it doesn't make sense because you have clubs like uh Roma, even Lazio, um, Inter, Milan. These, and obviously us in Naples, like, these are big 
recognizable clubs that on paper at least have the infrastructure and the global recognition to carry a league you know a lot of premier league teams would kill for the sort of brand recognition that 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 roma get the problem is parity and tv rights and all sorts of things so i mean i think that there's enough iconic clubs in italy for it to be fine perhaps there might be a, a short-term hit in terms of things i mean a lot of people do support juventus all around the country as well which is a bit of an issue isn't it yeah it's like 40 percent of everyone who supports a football team in italy supports juventus so it's like we are losing like if they're like Okay, this is like beyond my wildest dreams. But if they actually ban Juventus altogether, if they actually disqualify delete. Juventus, they yeah, delete Juventus. yeah, just cancel Juventus at all, which is, I mean, I can only dream of a day like that. But yeah, I mean, in theory, in theory, obviously, you're going to lose 40% of all football fans in the country, which means that obviously 40% of people w- wouldn't pay for... Um, you know, pay TV yeah. anymore. And yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously the whole country is going to take a hit. But again, is it worth competing in a league which is not fair? I mean, are Napoli fans really more concerned about Serie A's reputation than Napoli's reputation? And Napoli's, like you would, you would let Juventus win dirty Scudetti just for Napoli not to lose money? Like, what's the point? I mean, what's, I, I honestly don't understand this, this, these motives. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and and it is... shows you how serious the crime is as well, Michele. So actually, imagine you're Agnelli and you're doing these things and you know that they're wrong if these things are proven to be true. And you know the consequences and yet you carry on. Like that isn't the league's fault. That's on him and the, and the people around him. Yeah, I mean, but it's, it's becoming even worse now. I mean, I'm reading about this every day and obviously there are news every day about this this candle and the trial the trial hasn't even started yet so mm-hmm. i mean it's gonna be it's gonna be i think it's gonna be big that's a part of me as you know doesn't believe and in this case believing means juventus actually you know being accountable for what they've done and Agnelli and Nedved and everyone else but you know it's becoming quite big and it's actually involving a lot of other teams and it's again as i said i feel vindicated because We've been saying this thing. I mean, it was quite clear. Right? I mean, now uh, it wasn't really a conspiracy theory to say that there were, let's say, satellite teams around yeah. Juventus, it's teams who did everything Juventus uh, told them to do. I would say the real conspiracy was claiming that these teams lost because Juventus told them to lose. I don't fully believe that, but I do believe that, you know, the managers of these teams were actually... Um, I don't want to say corrupted. How do you want to say it? like uh, Juventus allies, let's say like that. And uh, they actually have proof now of that. I mean, again, the trial hasn't even started yet, but we've read Reports some documents. Suggest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we read some documents from um, Atalanta. We read some documents from, you know, Empoli, uh, Udinese, managers Bologna. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's big, you know. And uh, yeah, that's, that's why they are actually investigating. Uh, not just to punish Juventus, but the integrity of the league is at stake. And again, it's Juventus' fault. If, allegedly, let's say allegedly, it's Juventus' fault. So, yeah, no, it's huge and it's actually much bigger than, I don't know why, if anything, people are not talking about this enough. Because well, it's the World Cup. I mean, the timing's quite good for Juventus of this sort of breaking because it's not, I mean, if the World Cup wasn't on, this would be the story in European football, wouldn't it? 
agree, but again, it's like based on the Italian judicial t- system, this is going to take a long time, a long time, years, you know, like the sports uh, judicial system is actually faster. So I think we're going to have, um, we're going to have some kind of decision in three, four months, but in terms of, you know, criminal proceedings it's going to take a while. It's going to take quite a long time. Usually in Italy, it's like years and they're going to appeal the decision and blah, blah, blah. So it's going to take a long time, but while they decide the obviously the acts are going to be made be made public so we're going to be able to see what the um um you know evidence the, is. yeah the evidence is so that's going to be interesting but i'm i don't know man i can't it's, wait i mean i love i love the wire the the tv <laughs> show yeah. and so i love a good wiretap and there's already stuff coming out about these wiretaps and i mean i don't know man like is there a club in the history of football? I was tweeting, I got like nearly 200 likes on this. And I do think it's, I was being a little bit provocative, but I do genuinely think like, is there a dodgier club in the history of football than Juventus? And some people were saying, well, you know, what about Man City and Paris Saint-Germain and Barcelona? And I think, well, with City and Paris Saint-Germain, there it's is different. this, yeah, you're being bought by a regime that is, you know, a, a committing appalling human rights thing but it's a kind of it's a one thing that's happened because Juventus are these repeat offenders it's like almost in the DNA of the club this the superiority that's no matter what and it, what I can gather from these reports is to begin with the initial success that Agnelli heralded was legit and what what happened was that there was a gradual spiral of bad behavior And it's almost, you know, Shakespearean in this kind of like descent and how like absolute power corrupts. It's almost like, you know, what happens to to Macbeth, really, that the beginning of the play, Macbeth actually is a is a hero. And this this power is this slippery slope and he ends up. Well, spoiler alert, but um, (laughs) it doesn't end too well for Macbeth, Um, whether or not Juventus await a similar fate remains to be seen. But um, where would you recommend keeping up to date with these things, Michele? Or are you just, you know, looking everywhere? No, I'm looking everywhere, but I'm, I'm reading, you know, the mainstream media, basically. There is a, you know, the, the biggest newspaper in Italy is Corriere della Sera. And I'm reading, it's actually, if I'm not wrong, it's actually now owned by Torino's owner, which is Cairo. So, mm. you know, if anything, you know, like I can, because the other big one is, called La Repubblica and La Repubblica who owns that who owns that yeah exactly exactly but I was surprised to see Agnelli right yeah that's right they own they own La Repubblica and uh that's the second biggest uh, newspaper in Italy I was surprised to read some very nice articles though on La Repubblica I was very surprised I would say that in general you know like there have been no uh decision right now there's been no um definitive you know uh, proof of anything but what I've been surprised of is, you know, the um, my faith in the institutions, in the authorities is actually restored because I, w- I didn't believe it was possible to for Italian authorities to actually persecute, prosecute um, such a big team. You know, like you don't have to think about just Juventus. You know, you are actually, you know, Juventus is owned by one of the most powerful families in Italy. As we said, we, they own, you know, like big you know, big newspapers, big um, everything, you know, like they own like Fiat, they own 
uh, a lot of stuff Ferrari they own a lot of stuff so mm. for the police to actually investigate on Juventus and on the Agnelli family for months and actually ask the uh, the judge to send them to trial and uh, to be honest like while they were investigating there were no you know there were no leaks you know like no one knew about that and yeah they were which tapping, added to the know. drama it really exactly. was just this, like the board resigned and it was like ah here we go i mean i've got so for all the failings of italy's uh prosecution and police and stuff like any other country it has these things i've got a bit of a soft spot for a good old-fashioned bit of italian invest- investigation which has happened like right the way through the ages um you know anyone who hasn't watched the um the Sky Italia series on the the rise of Berlusconi was it 1992, 93, 94. It had documents some of the stuff brilliantly. So if if some of the stuff that we're talking, I Michele, mean, you know, obviously you live in Naples, you know a lot about this than me. But if anyone's feeling a little bit like, well, I can't, don't quite know the backgrounds of this stuff, um, those shows are, I think, quite a, a pop and interesting place to start. Um, and also, if you're thinking of starting to date any kind of like. Um, sports lawyer based in Italy, their listeners now would be, I don't know, probably either a good or a bad time because they're, they're going to be very busy. So they're going to be earning a lot of money, but you might not see a whole lot of them. I don't know whether now's the time to go for it or not. What do you reckon, Michele? They're very busy right now. They're very busy. They are going, they are giving interviews in, you know, radio shows, TV shows, they're everywhere. It's quite fun, actually. Like even during the World Cup um, coverage on Rai, which is the national you know, TV channel, they're actually giving like this TV, this uh, sport lawyer, like one minute, one minute and a half, just to summarize the events of the day. Oh. The Yeah, just about Juventus, obviously, which is quite fun. Again, on Rai. And it's fun how after this segment, the, the TV hosts actually kind of, I mean, they don't apologize, but they actually have to defend themselves. They actually say like, oh, we're receiving a lot of hate mail from UF fans, but we know we would do that uh if it was any other team so we have to do it it's just it's just the facts you know we're just talking about what's happening and i mean this is this is where the power actually comes from because mm. the the family is powerful is rich uh but the real power of juventus at least comes from the people again as i said 40 percent of all football fans in italy support just one team which is juventus which means 40% of all football fans in Italy pay, you know, like are actually customers of the pay TV. They buy, you know, Gazzetta mm-hmm. dello Sport and stuff like that. So if you talk badly about Juventus, you are actually going against 40% of your customers. Yeah. Which is, I mean, this is kind of, you know, like a vicious circle because again, like Juventus does this thing. Again, Juventus is doing dirty things. has been doing dirty things for years now, you know, like, uh, Mandragora sold to Udinese for like what, like 20 millions, and Primavera players sold to Empoli and Sampdoria and blah 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 for like millions and millions. Genoa um, had a dodgy one as well, didn't they? Right. I mean, a lot of teams, yeah. Uh, Caldara from Atalanta, a lot of a lot of things are coming out. And I mean, these things weren't really hidden, right? I mean, we all knew about that. I mean, no one could believe that, you know, Mandragora was worth 20 millions and other players were worth like so much. Like, Players from the Primavera selling for eight millions, five millions, three millions. Mm. Everyone knew about that. But again, when these things happen, no one really talks about it. Because again, if you talk about these things, then you are making 40% of your customers your enemy, 
So they're not going to pay anymore. They're going to cancel their uh, subscriptions. So people don't talk about that, which in turn... That's courage. That's such courage. I mean, those investigators, I mean, it's where we go back to to poor old Falcone and, 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 and people like that, like that's real bravery. I mean, it's slightly different in that context because it's, you know, more, more violent, the crimes that are going on. Yeah. Their lives but, were at stake, but still, yeah. you know, but still, I mean, the, it takes huge courage, I think to, to, and we don't know, and we probably will never know the pressures that these people will put under behind the scenes to yeah. quietly drop things. And probably in all of our lives, we have these moments where we could let something go because it makes our life easier or we can stand up for what we think is right. Oh, it's getting a bit deep, isn't it, Michele? But I, I do think that whoever, you know, all these people and half of them probably aren't on TV who are behind the scenes making this happen do deserve a lot of a lot of respect. Well, they definitely yes. have my respect anyway, Michele. Yes, yes. Um, Agreed. And please, yeah, keep going. Do your job. Don't disappoint us. And just, you know, like, find the truth we don't want juventus to be relegated if they don't deserve it but yeah. we want the truth and i mean deep down we know we know we know that they're guilty come on let's be we honest. just need i'm just thinking of, of the wire we need you know we need lester freeman to be following the money in, in a basement somewhere anyway i'm sure somebody is so that's quite enough juventus talk on this on this show on the in the shadow of vesuvia um so we've got a big pile of questions, Michele. Um, I've given you an incredibly small amount of preparation to answer these. Um, but, you know, it'll be authentic, as we are, right? We're totally authentic. Absolutely, 100%. Too much, probably. Yeah. yeah. My authentic Neapolitan DNA shines, <laughs> shines out, of the, out of the headphones into everyone's ears. Yes, I'm Should laughing we... because I agree, not because... Yeah. Of course, of course. Um should we start? This is a visual one, so it's a bit hard, actually. But we're going to start because Sam, she's a, a listener that sent a question before, big fan of the show. I think, fat or supporter of the show. Whether or not she is a fan or not uh, is not for me to say. Um, now, she sent in uh, a question about a, there's a flag that's always being waved. So... At every game, there are many banners, flags being waved about. Of course, Maradona's image is the most popular. I'm wondering, this bespectacled fella, chi è? Grazie and anticipo, anticipo, anticipo. Anticipo, yes. Anticipo, e forza, all things Napoli sempre. Now, I've sent you a picture. You might recognize it, folks at home. It's like a white flag with a blue image, guy in glasses, sort of looks about maybe 45 who is this person, Michele? Please answer this, this question, if possible. Yes, so this is a question I get all the time. And the first thing I want to say is that if you don't know, like if you actually have been uh, in doubt about what this, flag, what this flag represents, then you're not alone. And you're not alone, I don't mean other Napoli fans, I mean... People who actually work in football didn't know what that was. I remember there was a TV show from like on, on Sky Italy, which is obviously the main channel for uh, the main broadcaster for Italian games. After that's on now, and uh, yeah, when they they were actually covering, they actually had a small segment about this this flag, and the host of the TV show who is now Gianluigi Buffon's wife. Funnily uh, enough, yes, yeah. yes, Ilaria D'Amico. She actually said, 
ah, yeah, this is a Sarri, Maurizio Sarri's flag. You know, look at Maurizio Sarri's flag waving in, waving in Curva B. That was wrong. That was, funnily enough, that was very wrong. And she didn't know. She's a, like a journalist and she didn't know, but she was just guessing. So you're not alone. A lot of people mistake that flag for Maurizio Sarri's flag. And when Maritza Sari was, was with us, I mean, it, was, it made sense. So people didn't really question it. It was like, oh, okay, it's a, it's a Sari flag. Hmm. Um, no, that's not the case. That's not the case for two reasons. First of all, there are no flags, individual flags for players or managers. You can see a banner maybe about a player, but I mean, that's quite short. It, they just show it uh, usually like if it happens before the game, and then they get rid of it in like two minutes. There are no permanent flags about players and managers for the simple reason. I think I've talked about it before in this podcast, but the simple reason is it's a rule. It's a Napoli trust rule not to make chance about individual players and individual managers. And there's uh, a particular the, expression about the shirt, right? What, what is it again? It's just solo la maya, you know, like yeah. Just yeah, yeah. solo la maya. So it means that you support the team as a whole. You support the shirt symbolically. You, do some, you don't support the individual players because players and managers come and go, but the shirt remains. So they, it's, it's a rule now. I am aware that it wasn't always the case in the past because obviously we have a lot of chance about Maradona, for example. But mm. it is a case of the current trust not to chant and not to celebrate individual players uh, permanently, at least. You know, like we've seen... Uh, actually, banners about Sarri would seem banners about players, uh, but not no permanent flag. So, who's that flag about? That's, that flag is about uh, Napoli Ultras called Pasquale D'Angelo. So, Pasquale D'Angelo was a Curva B Ultras, it's a cap Ultras, a, a Ultra boss, and he died tragically when. Napoli was playing against Spartak Moscow. I don't want to be wrong about this, but again, it's not too important. He was attending a game. I think it's, I'm quite sure it was in Moscow. It was in Russia, in Europa League game a few years ago, five, six, seven years ago, I can recall. But yeah, he died of natural causes. Like he had a stroke, I think. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, he was a big uh, Napoli fan. He was a, uh, a Napoli fan. He's been a Napoli fan for years. He was leading, you know, the trust in Curva B for years, decades. So once he died, obviously, the uh, trust were devastated. So they decided to make a flag about um, about Pasquale D'Angelo. So yes, he's not uh, just a random. I've, I've heard people saying, I, I think the the consensus is that he's Sarri. And obviously now people have quite, again, when Sarri was with us, it, it made sense. But now people are saying, why? But Napoli, Sarri left you. He's He's managing a different team and you're still celebrating Sarri? Yeah, he's not Sarri. He kind of, uh, to be honest, I've never seen the resemblance, but people mistake him for Sarri. He's not well, Sarri. flags move around. It's hard to tell. But, you know, yeah. what I love about everything you've just said is that you say there's no managers, no players. And, like, and some Maradona just doesn't count in that. Day. He's just so above this. Like, he's, he's just more than everything. So, you know. Um and that pundit wasn't Buffon's first wife, was she? No, no, no. Buffon cheated on his wife with... I mean, obviously, it's, it's U.S. come, you know? Like, that's... You, you know, I could the police, talk about... The police could, are coming. Number yeah, 24. I, I mean, he, he's been in some scandals, Buffon. You know, like, he actually is betting scandals. He used to, like, openly bet on, about, on football 
when he was still an active, he's still an active player. And this, and I, I read it. Rumors about his political leanings as well. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I don't, we, I could talk about this, these people for, for, for weeks, you know, because it's like, it's honestly, it's, I mean, I don't want to say it, but it's like, what's, it's what's wrong with Serie A. Yeah. You know, let's, I wanted to say something heavier, but it's, it's really, they're really filth. Uh, and it's like, we should get rid of them if obviously they're guilty. Well, fingers crossed that's going to happen. Anyway, Sam, I hope that answers your question. Thank you so much for sending that in. Sorry it's taken us a little bit longer than we probably should have to answer that. Um, brilliant. Okay, so now questions. Here we go. We have a question here, part of uh, Napoli's increasing Georgian following because of our Georgian superstars. So this is from David. Hi, Henry. As half of Georgia is planning to visit Napoli games, we would like to get more info on Kurva B and Kurva A. Little bit of history. What is the difference between them? Is it neighborhood affiliation or something else? Which and which would be best for newcomers? Thanks. So, what is the historic difference between B and A, and what do you reckon is the best one to go? I, I mean, you're a Cordoba B man yourself, so you, there will be some bias perhaps in this answer. But, uh, look, I get this question a lot, and the answer is the quick answer is they are the same. They are the same. There is no difference. Uh, I believe that it wasn't the case in the past because in the past, the tradition was, if I remember correctly, I mean, it was before I was born anyway. So, But in the past, in the 80s, in the 70s, the rule was, I mean, the rule, I mean, people used to go to Curva A if they were from the city and Curva B if they were from the provinces. Okay. Or maybe the opposite. I think I'm right. But again, the, the answer is it doesn't really matter because right now everything is it's faded, you know, like there is no clear reason why. I mean, myself, I'm a, me, myself, I was, I, I started going to Curva A first, A first, and then I moved to Curva B, but for no other reason that I liked Curva B better. I mean, there was no rule about it. You know, people believe, ah, oh, yeah, you know, I want to be with the ultra. So should I go to Curva A or Curva B? The answer is both Curva A and Curva B have ultras groups. Uh, they're different ultra groups, but they mostly chant the same chants. They chant in the same way. I would say maybe the biggest difference is that Curva A goes to all away games and Curva B doesn't. Yeah. So that's, again, it's temporary. You know, it's just temporary because the away tickets are heavily restricted. And to go to get these have these restricted away tickets, you have to have like a fan card. And Curva A decided to get this fan card, and Curva B didn't. That's As it. a political stance, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we looked at, I think, about maybe ten episodes ago. We we looked at this, so yeah, that's good. Just to pause, just to be, because there might be some people listening that have never been to the stadium that don't know anything about this. So just to be super clear, that the the Curva is that the plural Curva. Yes, nice. Okay, so the Corve are the, the stands behind the goals yes. um, and where the, the ultras congregate. What are the stands that are on the sides called? Distinti, Tribuna Posillipo and Tribuna Nisida. There you go. So when you are thinking of coming to Naples to see a game, you will tend to have a choice of you know being in and amongst the ultras, behind the goals, or in the seats where you can see more of the game. And obviously there's a price difference. Generally speaking, the, the Corvette tickets are, are cheaper than the others. Um, 
but you get. I mean, when I've been, I've been with you, Michele, in, in Cordova B, and you do get the full, the full experience, and it, it was amazing. And that's personally how I would like to remain going to see games like that. So, but again, if you've got any questions, presumably about any of this stuff, Michaela, you're the person to have a have a wee chat with, and you can give advice on what sort of experience you want as a fan going to the stadium, right? Yeah, absolutely. If you have any questions. Just send me a message on Twitter, WhatsApp. You know, I'll try to answer. I've been, I'm, I'm a little bit behind on DMs right now because I'm taking a little bit of a break. Even so... a break. after the after the like two months that you had at the beginning of the season, Mamma Mia. Um, okay, you watching the World Cup, Michele? Eh, on and off, on and off. Yeah. So this is a World Cup question. I am not enjoying the Qatari regime and the fact that homosexuality is illegal and that human rights are terrible. But I am enjoying the football. Um, here's a question from Stephen. Uh, thanks for sending this question, Stephen. I'd be interested in learning your thoughts on how you think the World Cup might impact the current run for Napoli. Uh, which Serie A teams do you think might be impacted more gravely, if any at all? Uh, now, I can't remember if I've answered this or not, but let's answer it now because the World Cup's going on and we've got a bit of more of an idea of like how far our players have gone, et cetera, et cetera. Any, any strong thoughts on this, Michele? Yes. Yeah, so the way I'm looking at it is this. The tradition, let's say, for Spalletti teams is to start well in the league and do well in the first few months of the league and then to drop, you know, in per, like a big drop in, in performance after January. That's usually, I mean, I've, I haven't been following Spalletti for, for years, but that's what happened last season. And that's what people from other teams who have had Spalletti in their team um, have said. Which is Spalletti, usually Spalletti's teams um, have a drop in performance after January. So in the second half of the season, let's say. Yeah. I've been thinking about this, and I guess I believe that with this big break that we're having, we are probably good. You know, it's actually going to be beneficial for us because Napoli, what Napoli is doing right now, they're in Turkey, they are basically in a training camp. You know, it's, what they're doing right now is emulating what happens before the start of the season. So you get all the players together, you go to like far from Napoli where the weather is nice and you train for like two weeks heavily. You focus on uh, tactics, you focus on the physical, uh, you know, fitness. Team bonding, because we've got a lot of new signings that admittedly started very well, but That's... this is it. They can consolidate some of those connections as well that's right yes and uh, some of these signings didn't actually participate in the training uh, retreat in summer because for example uh, Raspadori came mm -hmm. quite late so uh, Simeone as well if I remember correctly so yeah I do think that this break is going to be good for us Spalletti said so himself so Spalletti said you know the the performance we were having before the break were frankly unsustainable so it's good that we actually having this break so we can you know put some gas in the tank and we can actually focus on the second half of the season so this is actually good i i don't think the world cup as in our players playing in the world cup is going to affect us too much no. all players are already in napoli in napoli right now they've been eliminated quite quite uh, quickly so i mean I'm, I'm not sure that that's actually good for us because some people might claim that you know actually winning the thing could promote some sense of you know like no. I, I don't know i honestly don't know i don't have an opinion on this 
Well, uh, I think the only point of comparison is when Koulibaly came back from winning the African Cup of Nations last year. And actually, said, yeah. he his head wasn't quite in the game. Like, we didn't keep a clean sheet for, like, eight games or something when he came back. So, I mean, that's one example, but everyone's different, aren't they? I think... The, my only concern is Kim Min Jae, who clearly was injured a couple of games ago and kept playing, and he wasn't fit against Brazil and got made to look very, very silly. But I think he needed a break. And so actually, he's been knocked out. He's going to have a couple of weeks. I think that might actually be quite good for him mentally because his performances, I mean, the last performance before the break, he was all over the place. So that could be a good thing as well. Um other clubs, I suppose there's not been a huge... I mean, Brazil have got quite a few Juve players like Danilo and um, the other, the awful left-back that spits all the time. I'm not going to say his name. Uh, <laughs> Leal. Yeah. He's been coming off the bench. He's been getting five minutes and scoring goals, which is actually quite good for him. So, yeah. My only thought on this, Michele, well, what do you think? My Having this big break, but then coming back away at Inter, that is an issue, isn't it? I think what I believe is for our players who are not used to winning things, I believe that if they actually won the thing, the, the World Cup, the sense of accomplishment would have diminished yeah. their, you know, their katsima, let's say. And by now you should know what that means. Yes. Their, yes, their, how do you say, it? their, their anger, their, their will to win again. After you, I mean, you win a no, World Cup, your dreams come true. And then you come to Napoli and you, are, you have to reset your mind and you have to go into the mentality of, okay, we, I have to win another tie. I know it's kind of, you know, like if, if, you are, if you're a Barcelona player, maybe if you are one of the big ones, you know, but our players are not really used to it. Again, Just look for at them, the France team that won the most recent World Cup. Look at the form of a lot of those players like Kante, Pogba, a lot of those players, it, it did drop off after that World Cup quite considerably. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's, it, that's a good yeah, point. It's, I think it's very tiring mentally. You know, if you go all the way, either if you, if, even if you win, you come back and you're tired because you have to, again, you have to come back to your club and you are not even in the middle, at the middle point of the season. So you have to recharge your batteries, but you don't have time to recharge your batteries because, if, again, you have to play for your club. So, yeah, if any, so I guess, you know, again, for our players, it was a, long shot winning the World Cup because they didn't play in very big teams anyway but it's actually going to be good to have them this early because again they can focus on you know they can focus on the real goal they said okay we didn't reach our goal with the with our national team let's focus on what's reachable which they is... might be even more hungry yeah um yeah. okay good question though okay we now got two questions and then we're gonna wrap things up but these and i have to keep an eye on the clock here because i think michaela you can answer these questions over a very long period of time because it's about your favorite person Aurelio de laurentis so here's a question from from sam if and um, he puts in brackets and if the size of vesuvio napoli win the scudetto this season how far do you think that will go towards repairing stroke rebuilding adl's reputation and relationship with the fans grazie Tough for me to answer that because it would mean I should imagine a scenario where we actually win the title and I'm not hmm. capable of doing that. And I'm honest when I say that. So I don't know. I really don't know. It's hard to say. You know, I, I do think that some like a, some part of the relationship between Adelantis and 
the fan base will never heal completely just because the Laurentiis is very hard to love you know it's very very hard to love it's said it said some bad stuff in the past about the city about the team is very egocentric you know it's quite arrogant so it's very hard to love it's not just Napoli fans not liking him it's basically everyone who's ever worked with him they all say mm-hmm. the same thing and I, I have some rumors as well about you know people from Napoli people who, who've actually worked for Napoli um, who don't have really nice things to say about mm-hmm. De Laurentiis you know De Laurentiis actually not paying what he's what he owes is actually like what I've heard is that when he goes to like a small business from Campania and he needs something like I've heard a rumor about fireworks so there was a uh, some kind of event that we celebrate. I think I don't. I don't want to be wrong. It was like ten years ago when we qualified for I think Europa League maybe for the first time. I don't want to be wrong, but I think it was Napoli Atalanta. Was it the stadium actually? And yeah. we won against Atalanta and we qualified for Euro- Europa League for the first time. So I guess it was like ten, twelve years ago, and we had a fireworks show in the stadium after the game. And I've heard for someone from someone who knows the owner of the company who provided these fireworks to the club, that the compensation the Laurentiis wanted to give them was just advertisement, you know, like exposure, you know, like, you know, <laughs> you know, when you hire an artist and you tell them, oh, you know, I'm just going to share something on my social media. I'm just going to have your name in, you know, I'm going to tell everyone I know about you, but I'm not going to pay you. That's basically what the Laurentiis did. That's again. That's a rumor, so I, I don't know, but I trust this person. So I've heard a lot of these rumors about you know De Laurentiis going around. So my point is, it's not easy to be on De Laurentiis side when it comes to you know personal personal things. Yeah. But it would be stupid to claim that what is De Laurentiis has done on the sport level is, is not an achievement. You know. So yes, if De Laurentiis wins the scudetto, it's gonna be hard not to thank him. But the the overall relationship he has with the city, I don't think it, it will be good, you know, after that. Maybe, maybe, you know, year, you know, time will tell. It's hard to say. It's really hard to say. It's hard to say also because I can't imagine such a thing happening. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I will be yeah. the first one. Yeah, maybe you'll Thanking get your ADL's face tattooed on your stomach or something. I don't know. On my face, yeah. On your face. Uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I mean, I think it, we've talked about ADL a lot on this show. And it, what's been interesting, I think, from my perspective, is here, it's, it seems to be more of the respect thing, which is going to be tough, some of the things that you said. And that stuff doesn't doesn't wash away easily, I think. Yeah. But let's see. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, Sam. But it's a great question. Um, please keep them coming. And last but not least, and you can answer this long as little as you like, from... Our dear correspondent, Dan Dan Bowen. Hey, Dan. Dan writes, hey, y'all. Does Michele actually believe the $1 billion offer for Napoli? And if so, should or would ADL sell? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to believe. I mean, it's just rumors at this point. Um, there have been a lot of rumors over the years about De La Rentis selling the club to, you know, Arab owners, Saudi owners, you know, Qatar, Bahrain. 
Amazon, you know, like, you know, the rumors, you know, like actually Bezos is interested in Napoli. I mean, I usually don't believe this stuff. A part of me always wants to believe because we are never, obviously we're never linked to poor owners. The rumors are always about, uh, yes, this billionaire from, (laughs) from America, from Brazil, from Saudi Arabia, all this kind of thing. So I, I would like to have such an owner in in Napoli, because let's not forget that De Laurentiis is not really like wealthy, you know, like the biggest thing he, he owns right now is Napoli. So like if we, if we have to make a big investment, for example, uh, on the stadium or on anything else, the training camp, he can do that. It, it, it needs to be um, a, an investment coming from Napoli. So we, we can use De Laurentiis' own money. And I would like to see a new stadium in Napoli. I would like to see a new, you know, training camp, a lot of like even offices in Napoli, like modern facilities. The Laurentiis, in my opinion, will never be able to afford that. So for this reason, I would like the Laurentiis to, you know, sell the team, even to shady owners. I really, I'll be honest, I really wouldn't mind. Like, uh, honest, I'm against Qatar. I'm against all this stuff. But what if the Agnelli's decide, you know, to, to sell? Their interest in Juventus and buy by Napoli. You, no, you, you no, be no, 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 no. You have some no, no. limits. Okay. Yes, I have some limits, but again, the point is they're gonna buy a club anyway. If the rumors are true, obviously they're gonna. If they are in the market for a club, then they're gonna buy a club. So why not us? You know, like mm. big investment in the city will mean a lot of jobs being created. A lot of it's not just the sports. It's not just about winning titles. You know, it's just I would like to see like more jobs being created in Napoli, you know, as you know, Napoli is not really a rich city. So if we can get a big investment from outside the country, then I welcome it. I really welcome it. If, if yeah. it's a shady investment, eh, eh, I mean, sure. Why not? <laughs> why not? There we go. Uh, I, for my perspective, I just want it to happen in the summer once the season's over because, you know, everything seems to be just yeah, yeah, yeah. all right. So, that, yeah, we could do without the distraction. Anyway, well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed us going through your questions. Please do, you know, we're going to be a lot more regular um, as we get on with things. So don't give up on us answering questions. We This episode, if anything, has proven that we do get there eventually. So, Michele, You've been absolutely on fire. Must be knackered. But one last thing I need from you is the Neapolitan expression of the week, if possible. Yes, obviously. The the Neapolitan phrase of the week um, is linked to what's happening lately with Juventus. And, you know, I've been thinking, I've been thinking about why is it so hard to, to prosecute Juventus managers? Why is it such a scandal to even touch Juventus? I've been reading so many stupid takes about Ah, uh, don't prosecute Juventus because you know this, this, and that. And it's not. I've read, I read a take. Obviously, they're all from Juve fans, or even worse, because I, I can understand if they are from Juve fans, kind of. But if they don't come from Juve fans, that why? I mean, why are you even defending them? But I read a take about, oh, why is the police always investigating Juventus? Why don't they focus about other things? You know, the what about things about Juventus? I mean. The clear, the easy answer would be, I mean, if you don't want to be investigated, just don't, don't, don't be a criminal, you know, like don't get involved in this, in your criminal, you know, ways and methods. But 
I've been thinking about this and I've been thinking about my surprise of even having such an investigation in Italy about such powerful uh, people, individuals, teams. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's always about money. You know, it's always about money. It's always about power. If you're touching Juventus, you're touching your own pockets, usually. Um, if Gazzetta dello Sport, which is uh, not owned by the Agnelli, if they talk about Juventus, they are basically saying fuck you to 40% of their customers or even more because they are yeah. very North Italy centric. So, you know, it's, it's again, it's, big things are going to happen, but the main topic is money. You know, it's all around money. So the phrase of the week is about money and the phrase goes like this. Chi non tenne denari va facendo zella. I repeat, chi non tenne denari va facendo zella, which means, in Italian, would mean, chi non ha soldi va in giro a fare debiti, which means, you know, like, if you, don't have, if you don't have money, you go all around town asking favors, you know, like, you don't, you owe things to people, but people owe you favors as well. So, um, this is what is happening, what has been happening with Juventus. They are, you know, they have their tentacles in a lot of teams in Italy, a lot of institutions, a lot of authorities are afraid to talk about Juventus and prosecute Juventus because of money at the end of the day. So, yes, hopefully. So, like, those who don't have money go around asking for favors sort of thing? Or is it, what, what does Zele translate as, would you say? Zele would roughly translate as debts. Debts. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, very suitable expression there. It's, it's been good, actually. I've, I haven't had a chance to talk to anyone about this Juventus situation. And, like, it's been nice to actually get a bit of detail. So thanks, Michele. Um Great. So if, you, uh, if you're new to us, you can find uh, Michele on at Napoli Tickets on, on Twitter. You can find me at Henry Bell Calcio. Um, just had a couple of articles published at the Gentleman Ultra website. Do, do check that out. Uh, wrote an article about the all-time Italy World Cup icon 11. Some interesting players in there. Nice. Uh, this show is uh, part of the Far From Vesuvius network at Far From Vesuvius. Do check out the other shows, the Napoli Rant with Raf and Raf, which is brill. And from end to eye, all about the history of Napoli. And keep an eye on some of our other contributors, Ken and uh, Marco, for their contributions. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. Wrap up warm those of you that are cold and take it easy. Forza Napoli. Sempre. Sempre.